0: Hey, this is Mark, and this is what happened last time. I reunited with an old friend, Tim Stamper, outside of Woodsend. He told us that people of rank and anyone questioning authority of the church are being brainwashed into blind loyalty for the bishop, my brother, Asher Walnir. He suggested that we contact his older brother, a wily smuggler named Cody. We were interrupted, ambushed by the Knights of the Silver Sword. We slayed a couple, but we also took some prisoners. Among them, we discovered that their mage, a gnome named Ella, was under the influence of an enchantment. So, Xan dispelled the curse, which allowed Ella to remember being influenced by Asher Walnir and a shadowy figure in the cathedral. We entered Wood's Inn in disguise and found Cody Stamper deep in the shadows of the town. He offered us safe harbor if we agreed to do a job for him, something involving a masquerade and bourbon. I think he just wants to see a Walnir under his thumb.
1: So you're in this underground tavern in Woods End that's run by a group of smugglers that call themselves the Kilderkin, and Cody Stampers seems to be a person of prominence among them. And Merck and this Cody are having a cloak duel, which means that they're standing on this big owlbear cloak. They have stripped themselves down to just breeches, basically, and they're having some mix of boxing and wrestling. It seems that neither of them is allowed to leave the cloak as their little ring. And they're both blooding themselves up pretty good, bruising themselves. You know, nobody seems to be getting, you know, one, one will get a good punch in and then somebody else will get a good punch in. They'll kind of wrap up. Holg's got his tattoos on his arms, which you've always seen his forearms since he got him uh, way back when, but he also has this insignia, the silver swords on his on one shoulder. Some of you've seen it, maybe some of you haven't. Cody is a really big dude. He's got a little bit of a gut, but it's clear that he's very strong. He does also have some tattooing as well. His looks as though he's got big sort of bear claws hanging over his shoulders, almost like uh, shoulder pads or something like that, where these claws are kind of coming down both sides. And as they fight, Holg, you're kind of listening in to everybody. They've actually brought out some food. There's a really, really hearty bread that they bring out on platters. And there's some sort of fermented fish, which, um, you know, it's pretty pungent smelling, but it's not on, you know, it's pretty common in Princeholm. It it actually reminds many of you of Princeholm because uh, fermented fish is not uncommon along the river there. But you're listening in, Holg, to the chatter between the, the, the different other people that are there because if you remember there were people that were sleeping and some of them have kind of gotten themselves up and they've grabbed a drink and in addition to Cody um, you've got the bartender that you had uh, dealt with previously kind of this sort of scruffy guy named Peleus there's also a what you can imagine he's a bard because he has a tambourine and a long horn hanging off of him but he really seems sort of uh, this arrogant guy, and his name is Serac. You're sort of picking it up as they talk to each other. There's a Saradin here. He's probably not a Saradin. He's probably considered a Bakaran, which, you know, like a houseless Saradin. There's an elfman uh, named Barthin, and there are actually two high orcs down here. One of them is female, and her name is Sagetha and the other is male, and his, and his name seems to be Dinner. So Mert gives a big crack to Cody staggers him backwards almost leaves the cloak which seems like it would be some sort of dishonor and he you know sort of stops himself just in time and just sort of brings all of his weight forward and just slams forward into murk the two kind of get wrapped up in a little bit of wrestling and a few of the cody's people sort of turn to each other and start chatting a little bit it seems that they're not as interested in the wrestling part they want to see people hitting each other
0: So what I would would want to do is break up the scrum and try to go back to more of the boxing. And when he gives me like a hook or something to take the hit and then to step off the cloak and intentionally throw the fight. He
1: sort of sees you stand up, sees his moment, and he's gonna give you one final crack and you take the brunt of it and sort of stagger backwards. And suddenly he kind of puts his arms up like he's waiting for applause. And the guys are like eating over at the bar and they're kind of like, oh, yeah, uh, you know, and they kind of like, it's a little late, but they start cheering him on.
2: Yeah. Um. Did Hulk notice that, like, as this fight was going on, did it seem like this is something that happens fairly frequently? Did they look bored? Did it look like something that was...
1: They got uh, excited when, when there were big punches. But otherwise, okay. yeah, you definitely get the impression. You know, they're sort of eating while this is happening. Okay. And so it seems like this is not uncommon. This must be a, this must be kind of a wood's end thing.
0: Well, that's what you wanted, right, Cody? To prove that you're better than a Walnare?
1: He grins and he says, I just wanted to pay back for the tooth, really. Mm. Then he puts his arm out to kind of shake your hand. Sure, I shake it. Kind of want to take your forearm kind of thing, you know. He pats you on the back a little bit. He's got a little blood coming down one side of his mouth. One of his eyes is going to be puffed up pretty bad tomorrow. And he said so, this is going to be fun. It
0: is. Hmm. So who's going to the party? It's a wine garter party.
1: Uh, Hildegard, the matriarch of the wine guards, you know, she loves to throw a party for anything, right? And apparently somebody's gotten themselves engaged, and so this was a reason for it. And for whatever reason, something about nuptials brings about masquerades in that family. And so it'll be a little bit of everyone really as far as the uh, uh, Haven Hills there and Furums and I'm sure there'll be some Volins I would not be surprised if your father were there I don't think the the bishop would be there that'd be a surprise to me but otherwise wouldn't be surprised if the old man was there for to sort of uh, make his appearance oh yeah well you know how (laughs) these things go right noble parties I'm sure my little brother will be there That is, if the
0: Silver Swords allow it. Right. So, prim and proper, they were. What about, like, um... You know if Dice will be there?
1: Uh... That would be surprising. I think that he's got himself pretty deep into some of the workings. You know, like I said, the Third Sons are... Made themselves comfortable in Wood's End. And as the Intelligence Officer for the Silver Swords, I would imagine that Dice Furum is probably keeping himself relatively busy. Of course, I suppose... Parties are sometimes places to collect intelligence, so who knows? He probably sends people instead. Yeah, probably. What about Miles? I wouldn't be too surprised if Miles is there. Valins typically show themselves at these social affairs, right? Yeah, they do. Do you think any of the church authority will be there? I would imagine. Again, I don't think the bishop, and I don't think his lackey, any of the his little entourage that typically surrounds him would probably be there because they, they don't seem to detach their cords from him, but certainly be church there. All right. Come, let's get a drink. Sure,
0: let's do that.
1: Drinks are kind of passed around. They got some pretty good stuff. They're not passing out that angel's share that they were talking about necessarily, but um, for the most part, there's some pretty good stuff. One of the drinks they have, it's a pretty potent red wine. They call it 20 Talents. And Zan, you've heard of it for sure. Okay, I was going to um, ask. <laughs> it's made made locally. The, the The thing is, now that they've sort of had this cloak duel, these people are going to suddenly become a little more sociable. You know, they've all they all sort of you know take some. Minutes. The two high orcs are, uh, specifically, Hogue want to want yeah, to bend your ear. Actually, high orcs are not quite as common here. I mean, they're here, but they're not as common as they are in Prince Holm. Yeah, you know, Hogue uh, was
2: actually planning on seeing if they're. At a table together, I would uh, walk over and sit down with them.
1: Sure. The wine garners, this family that they have mentioned a few times and mm-hmm. yeah. they apparently make this wine. It's called Twenty Talents. Has she had it's it before? pretty uh, you have, yeah. And it's pretty potent. They they literally water this water this down typically. Like if you drink it straight, you're not gonna last long.
3: Just a small dram if it's straight then, I guess she'll she'll order that.
1: They're open to diluting it for you a little bit. Like you notice that like most of them do not drink it straight. The bartender does, but everybody else seems to. She'll seems try it straight. Very normal. In a, yeah. She'll try it straight in a small amount. Sure. Yeah. You would, you know, it's almost like a shot. Mm-hmm.
2: So after they introduce themselves, uh, I'm going to look at dinner. And you don't happen to know anyone named lunch. Do you?
1: He's kind of smiling when you say that, and then he his smile sort of slowly fades. He says, "Where did you see? Where did you see lunch?"
2: Uh, I was just in passing.
1: Sugatha says, "Is he alive?"
2: Uh, anyway, I'm gonna drink.
1: <laughs> just roll your deception.
2: <laughs> yeah, reliable talent. Come on, reliable talent. <laughs> Fourteen. <laughs>
1: Um, dinner says, "Are you sure you haven't? Uh, you you don't know the whereabouts of lunch?" Um, it might not be the same lunch. How many people have you ever met named Lunch? My brother Lunch was in the Princeholm area. I think he headed west from there, and that's the last we heard of him. Uh, I
2: read into this individual around Fire's Heart. It's possible Fire's Heart. You don't know what became of him? No, I don't.
1: Zagatha so says, "So I I imagine from your accent." You are from Pentholm. You don't sound like you're from Fermius. Nope. Any interactions with, with the orcs there? The Bower House Hawkum? She kind of smiles.
2: Uh, are you terribly familiar with them?
1: Not terribly, but, you know, we know some people. You have family mm. back there?
2: Uh, they've uh, they've moved on. Mm. Uh, like, night's, uh, night's day was, was pretty hard on people. And best to just move out of town says so the word
1: is that there was a shipment that came from fire's heart shipment of grain some of that shipment disappeared on the way but from what we hear our people are, are eating well interesting seems they had some sort of magical hole some sort of big thing they could just put the grain in and a few of those things slipped away unseen that's the story
2: anyway Interesting. Strange thing about stories, though, is that, you know, when it comes to hearsay information, it's only as reliable as you believe the storyteller to be. Sure
1: enough. Segetha says, you you let us know if you do find this launch in your travel. His brother I'll, I'll, here would, would love to know is at least how he ended, if that's the case.
2: I'll keep that in mind. And if I come across them again, I'll be sure to send your regards
1: they are offering you food. It's good stuff, too. It doesn't smell great, but the fermented fish meat's pretty pretty tasty. The bread is very hearty. Like, stupid hearty. And merc, this is the kind of bread you grew up with. Literally made of grains, beans, and in some cases, tree bark. So it is roughage. It's like heavy bread. Right.
0: Excuse me, Cody. Hey, Zan. Hmm? What do you need to break these spells? Oh.
3: uh, Yeah, I need diamond dust a lot of it as much as you can get your hands on do you have that here or is there a place i can purchase those diamond dust
1: yeah like ground up gemstones oh gotcha for spells i gotcha i gotcha i'm sorry he's kind of still a little bit woozy from being sort of knocked around by murk <laughs> mm-hmm. you know there is an ark right next to the cathedral but i don't know that i would suggest that at the moment if you find the floating tribute and you tell him that cody sent you he'll uh He'll probably be be willing to deal. He's got potions and things, but he also carries these uh, spell poosy what's-its, whatever you call it, that uh, that that you guys use for such things. And where do you find this flying person? Just look for the tallest tower in West Wall. It looks like nobody's up there, but they are.
0: What about Operio? Do you think he'd have any?
1: Operio? Is Operio the, the jeweler on the east side? Yeah. I do. I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, he deals more with, with whole gems, but uh, but I wouldn't be surprised if he had that. I just figured you were tra- probably trying to stay away from Venice for the time being. But I could see that, yeah. So it sounds like re- your friend here knows where that is. Is there a reason one of us couldn't go across to Finnis Well, the
0: party's in Finisligum, right?
1: Yeah, I just didn't think you, from the sounds of it, it, didn't sound like you wanted to spend a lot of time wandering around if you do go i would i would recommend using a ferry rather than the bridge i can give you a couple of names all right they'll want you to be a little more official if you come across the bridge go across the ferry you know depending on the ferryman they may not ask at all speaking of official the front gatesman made it seem
3: as though bounty hunters were somehow welcome in the city would they be official in business to
1: cross the bridge hmm kind of thinks about that it's very possible Sagatha, so do you think we could do some sort of papers that made a, made that look official? And she says, um, do you know who you're talking to? He looks at you, Xan, says, yeah, I think we could probably make that seem legit. Sagatha so says, what's your bounty hunter name, dear? Um, I hadn't really thought of one. Well, you let me know before I get my ink and quill out, but we could set up some sort of papers, at least. All right. Sounds like I might be making some sort of invitations, if uh, if that is indeed the route you're looking to go. I'll think about it. Thank you. Kind of gives you a wink. <laughs> She's kind of green skinned, and her eyes are a little bit of a kind of an orange, all bordering on red.
3: This is the high orc, right?
1: Yeah. Yep. The girl. There okay. was there was a, there was a uh, male and a female. The other one's yep. dinner. Dinner. And yep, dinner. Right. Dinner is uh, a little bit like old, kind of gray skinned, dark hair. All right. A few hours go by, and you know, the evening's about to. Sort of set in for the night, and everybody's kind of finding the bottom of the bottle in a lot of ways. And they're not, you know, as much as like we came into the this setting sort of in this kind of villainous um, introduction, in a sense. They they seem like pretty good, pretty good people in a lot of ways. They're amicable and kind of friendly, and they are certainly generous. You know, they're feeding you, they're sending, giving you drinks. They do mention too that there's a on the opposite side of the hearth, like on the far side of the room. It's actually a, a large trunk, and it's just full of cloaks. And they say, if you want a cloak, like something to kind of walk out into the town tomorrow, have your way with it, you, you've you got options to switch out cloaks over there, or just take one and, and use it to sort of wander the town and try to be, uh, you know, they're all hooded cloaks. The one that you assumed was the bard does start singing a little bit. He mm. sort of plays around with lights champions for a minute and then kinda just sorta of laughs it off. He's a little bit drunk, but he does actually too sing a song that Merc always sort of hated as a child. It effectively goes something to the extent of, hey, we'll near, have no fear, pull that wolf by the ears. And it's like this taunting, chanty song. Merc, when you were a kid, they used to sort of sing that to you to mock you a little bit and you know he kind of has a little bit of fun with it as he's singing it's apparently this sort of old tune that comes from the family from generations back but it's become just something to have a little bit of fun with i just
0: stare daggers at him
1: he seems to appreciate that
0: i actually have a question When is the party
1: we're at the evening of aluminum 10 it is tomorrow evening the 11th not a lot of time then no
3: zan's gonna take the time throughout the night going to the various members of her party, and asking them what they think her bounty hunter name should be.
1: You mean the rest of the lights champions? Yeah,
3: just okay, our group. Gotcha. Sure. Not sure. to not to the yeah thieves. She doesn't really care what yep, they yep. say, but <laughs> she's going to ask everybody else if they have any opinions of what she thinks it should, or what they mm-hmm. think it should be.
2: it's going to reply with bright eyes. But I'm going to have a mask on, so they'll only see your eyes. Well,
4: Zan, won't we all need to be going with you? You're not going alone, right?
3: Well, I. I don't know. They made it seem like crossing the bridge was difficult, but if they can make me papers for being a bounty hunter, maybe they can make it for multiple of us? I'm just asking what name I should have put down on it. Siana the Brave. I wouldn't sully the name of Siana as a bounty hunter.
5: <laughs> Slappy. Phantomite. Alright,
3: I'm not asking Relop again. Uh, who else?
4: <laughs> How about Zandalorian? Uh, no. So the
3: helmet itself, it was mentioning, has like an onyx kind of thing. So maybe she'll just do onyx, just as something generic.
1: Sure. I think it's actually, oddly enough, white onyx, which I didn't yes. know was a thing, but it is.
3: Yeah. I'm not going to put the color in there, so I'm just going to do onyx.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: And so I'll tell, she'll tell the uh, High Orc to use the name onyx uh, as her moniker.
1: Kind of looks, looks at you and says... You know, because most people sort of assume black when it comes to Onyx, you know, like dark right. colors. And you're all like, you know, sort of this gold and white sort of mix with the bracers and all that. And
3: yeah, Well, she's got the breastplate and the purple cloak on now, or the purple sure, coat. Sure, sure. So it's not quite as whole. And then she'll just kind of show her the helmet and say, point to it, kind of like, mm, as a reason. <laughs>
1: Kind of like one of her tusks kind of almost touches her nose she kind of like chews on it a little bit you know that makes his face as she's thinking like, ah, okay ah, onyx it is then she kind of looks at her drink and she says first thing tomorrow all right bard has decided to switch tunes a little bit because he's starting to get a little nervous about murk but <laughs> he had his fun and you know he just starts playing a few different tunes kind of things you've known before he does actually break into Tinker Tanner, which you know is one of one of Darwin's songs. And so mm-hmm. everybody sort of gets a little heart heartwarmed from that for a second. But it's nice.
5: Hey Mark. Yeah. Is that tower that you're talking about the same one that Renwall was referencing?
1: Floating tribute. Yep. Okay. Yeah, he kind of told you that it was sort of an underground thing, right? Like out of the the sight of the light bearers. So that would, you know, kinda of add up with these guys.
5: Okay. And is that on this side of the River, is that on the part of it? It is,
1: yeah. You're actually, and Merck can tell you, you're actually in West Wall. There's there's a few different districts, and this is West Wall. So literally, as soon as they say the tallest tower, you're like, I think I saw that on the way in,
0: because it's not that big a place. Right, right. Okay. I wait until the the locals kind of nod off or disperse or whatever they do. Sure. And then I gather everybody. So if I was going to make 10,000 coins, First thing I'd do is I'd lose some chomp, thinking I was going to give him his my resources and let him go where I want him to go, and then turn me in. I don't trust Cody. I He has a lot to gain here just by turning us in. He doesn't seem to care about what Asher's doing in and of itself. I would agree, Merc. Yeah, I
5: kind of got that. feels well. 10,000 gold is the price of your head.
0: So we don't want to stay here tonight, then? It would be easier to turn us in at the party if I was him, but... I don't know. We should keep watch, I think, at the very least. And then, tomorrow, I think we get the things we need. If we can find a way to get to um, Miles by himself and break that curse, he could be a huge boon to us. If we wanted to go through the thing with Cody, I'm kind of leaning towards we steal a cask, not a full barrel. An empty cask, I should say.
3: I mean, You can steal whatever you want to. I'm going to be focusing on trying to dispel the magic off of all the important people I can at the party. And I'll need you to tell me who those targets should be, what they look like, or be there with me to point them out so I can try to free them.
5: Right. I I think uh, I need to get a helmet. Can I just bring up one major hitch in this entire plan?
0: Alright. Feel free.
5: When was the last time you saw this guy?
0: Which guy? Miles? Yeah. It's been a while.
5: And we're gonna find Miles in the middle of a mask ball
0: i mean he is my uncle and we go back a ways
5: i'm not arguing the fact that he's a strong familial tie i'm just saying that we're trying to find somebody that you haven't seen in quite a while in a giant ball full of
0: people with masks it would be somewhat of a needle in a haystack but it might be a worthwhile endeavor
3: i can attempt to scry on him close to the party maybe see what he's wearing what kind of mask he has it would be difficult since I don't know him, but it's possible.
0: I could give you a pretty good description of him. Um, I could also give you a description of his wife. You might be able to scry on her and figure and see him through her.
3: I usually can only see the person I'm scrying on, not a, a lot around them, but maybe.
0: Maybe as a last resort. What else could we do? There are some light bearers that might be worth our time too, but I'm I not very familiar with them. I think Miles would be the keystone to that. If my father is in fact there, it would be worth investigating whether or not he is cursed. I have suspicions that uh, it's voluntary on his part. Detecting magic on him is going to be
3: difficult. The dispelling magic is already by itself going to draw some attention, but it's a little easier to do that by just, you know, grabbing an arm accidentally during a party and casting the spell and trying to break it. But me standing there with an orb in my hand looking over people to see who's affected. And who isn't is that's going to be even more complicated could we
0: ambush them somehow your father? Catch him, any of them realistically catch them before or after the party perhaps in transit if we know how they're getting there
3: if they're in like carriages or something it's going to be difficult to get onto them or get them while they're in their homes i i don't know you know this town better than i do i i'm just trying to find a way to get into physical contact with any of them and that seems easiest at a big party with a lot of people.
0: right? How obvious is breaking that curse? So this is what I'm thinking. They're probably going to use rickshaws to get around town because they can't have horses. Oh right. Let's replace one of those runners with ourselves and then we can just take them someplace, kind of on the way, ambush them there with the spell, and free these people.
3: Great idea. How do we replace one of the runners in their own properties? I, assume they I have guess. manor homes, like like the rich do in lucidum or in Princeholm. They have manor homes with walls. They would have numerous servants. How do we know which one is pulling the rickshaw?:
0: Well, pulling a rickshaw is not an easy task. You got to be big and healthy. We find that person and uh, figure a way out to make them indisposed at the time. Um, if we go after miles, I think I might recognize his, his rickshaw guy. So that'll make it a little bit easier.
3: All right. Would he not recognize you if you're the one pulling?
0: Well, we got big and beautiful here. Grab Lukan by the shoulder. Wouldn't recognize this guy. And just say he's filling in for the night.
4: I can dispel, though. Don't you want me in the party?
3: Well, you'll be there when you pull him into the alleyway if we need to use it. This is before the party. This is, like, on the way to the party. We're going to try to at least get Miles for sure. And then we can maybe even use Miles... Once we convince him of what's going on, he can help us at the party to distract the people that we would need to purify and use him as kind of our gateway in. If we can get Miles, we can get almost all of them, right?
0: We definitely have a chance of getting a foothold.
4: We have enough coin that we could just pay off one of the rickshaw runners easily enough and give him the night off.
0: Yeah, yeah, let's do that. Let's look into that. Depends on how loyal they are. Maybe we might have to charm them or something.
4: Platinum will charm them pretty well, I bet.
3: All right. So tomorrow, I'm going to have my documentation, cross the bridge, and get the materials that I need to cast the spell at least four times, and make sure we hit the top four people. The rest of you are going to have to research and find out who this rickshaw runner is, Mm -hmm. get them paid off, and get Lucan in their place. Then some of you are going to have to know which alleyway we're going to, to do this ambush so that we can dispel it
0: i would know where to go for that that's not hard and i got a few ideas already
3: other than that we have to prepare to enter a party we're, we're going to have invitations but i'm assuming we're gonna have to dress the part
0: i need to look into getting uh, a great helm or something to make sure that my face is fully covered i'll probably have to distort my voice take that for me i'm really good at it wink probably should take up and go to that uh tower on the west wall see if we can't get him something especially if we can get him uh, the spell or something so you can know the spell and actually get in there and maybe help you out too
3: absolutely that would be my first stop to try to get the materials but then i'll also check what's over in finis Legum. right i'm, I'm guessing finis Legum is where we're going to need to get the clothes for the party though for sure sure
0: i think most of us should take the ferry
3: less scrutiny that way i'll try to take the bridge as a way of solidifying myself in the city
0: and to make sure the documentation works. Right. Yeah. Maybe, uh, depending on what's on it, maybe take one other person just in case you get in trouble. Sure. We can decide that after the tower in the morning. Right. All right. If you guys want, I'll take the first watch. You've been most helpful in this endeavor so far.
1: All right. Merc, you have a little bit of a thought. You know that the Furums, one of them down at the fish markets deals with a lot of that stuff so just be leery you would you basically realize that you need to let zan know that the fish markets and the furums are things that th- that she should be a little bit aware of you know what i mean like you're walking into the belly of the beast if you
0: start talking to people in that in those realms hey zan stay away from the fish market and anybody with the last name of furum and I'll describe the crest to her, so she if she sees it, she knows to back off with them.
3: Where is the fish
0: market? It's along the river, and I tell her where it is exactly. On this side or the other side?
1: This side.
3: All right. Well, you'll be with me over here, so you can make sure I don't accidentally wander there. As long as I can wander around Phinislegum without worry, I'll be fine.
0: Shouldn't be too big of a problem. Uh, one of the keeps does overhang the river. Stay away from that one.
1: All right. They've kind of left you on your own in a bit. I mean, there's, there's, you know, the couple of them, the, the high orcs are eventually spending a little time over in the corner talking a little bit intimately. The bartender guy who, you know, seems to constantly be back there is getting pretty legitimately inebriated. And it seems that the idea is that you are welcome to sleep here. Right? There's a lot of like sofas and these you know, rugs and blankets and bearskins. That's kind of what it seems to be at this moment. And Cody has sort of disappeared on you. You all got together and kind of started to talk. And he's nowhere to be seen at this point. Hmm. Should we be
2: worried about that? It is a little bothersome.
0: Well, I say we keep a watch. But uh, going out and trying to spend the night in town, it's going to be more problematic.
3: All right. Well, we have Larson's Torch if we keep a watch.
0: Right. Do we, can... do we
3: know our way out of here?
0: Now that's an interesting question. We got the token. Hopefully we can just start walking. And it'll lead us out. If we play along with them, we should be fine for now, I think.
2: So how far are we planning on playing along with them? Are we getting him these barrels?
0: All the way to us getting out of this dungeon. hide up He doesn't need that bourbon. He needs it like he needs a third hole in his head.
2: I mean, technically, we kind of committed to it, so I I think we
0: should at least consider it. I will consider getting him an empty cask.
2: Okay.
3: The rest of you want to plan a way of doing so while we're at the party, by all means, but I'm concentrating on curing these people of the charm effect. That is my sole mission of being there, and I think Lucan is feeling the same way. Yeah, I am. So I don't know what your plan is in getting those casks, but you're going to have to figure out where it is, find them, get them out without anybody noticing in the
0: middle of a massive party. So
2: I thought all we had to do is kick them into the river.
0: Sure. This is what we do. We go bribe the waitstaff, giving us a, an empty one, and then we toss that in the river.
2: So say it's poses as waitstaff go in, open a door and roll a couple out and be done with
0: it. It sounds like you got that handled.
2: I'll give it a shot. Okay. What's the worst that could happen?
0: You get arrested and hung?
2: What's the worst that could happen?
0: No, you get arrested and you get hung for stealing. Okay. Or brainwashed. You know, there's that option too.
2: I can live with that.
0: That Actually, no, you can't.
3: Well, I'll figure something out. All right. Whoever wants to keep first watch with Mark, go
2: ahead. I'll take the last one as usual.
0: I'll stay uh, up with you. Thanks, buddy. And I stare viciously at the bard.
2: All right. So I'm turning in then. Alright, so everybody kind
1: of finds their comfy place. You know, the hearth is kind of burning down, but it's giving off nice heat. Again, there's plenty of blankets and furs and things laying around, specifically bear skins. Zan, in the in the middle of the night, you kind of have a feeling, you don't know if it's because of the orb or, or something else, but you, you just have this this sort of draw that you need to go to the wood. That like you need just this sort of urgency almost it's like you want to wake up and like start moving that direction almost but you want to head into the wood you feel like there's you know there's something that will make you whole in that direction is this in a dream or am i waking up and feeling this you actually do wake up from the sleep just briefly with that feeling so it's a little hard to say right like you might have been you know you, you were dreaming and it was sort of left over from it, but whatever it is, you just you you have this feel a little hard to place. I'll reach into the satchel and
3: pull out the Earth Core and look at it.
1: Um, it looks like it normally does—a little bit more green. You know, it has multiple colors, but the the majority of it is green. But as you look at it, the flow of colors because it's it's sort of constantly moving, right? Mm-hmm. And the flow does, at least in your perception, seem to. Move in that direction, sort of a northeast direction.
3: She'll kind of whisper to it, really close. Just go. What do you want? What's there? And see if it says anything or talks to her at all.
1: You don't get an answer, but you do have this feeling of completion, in the sense that like it makes it makes you feel, or it's wanting to make you feel. You know, it's it's, it's a question, right? Like, is this this something that's just happening because of the enchantment on this thing? But like, you feel. As though somehow you would be completed if you went there. So just kind of say, not
3: now, and then put it back on the satchel, and then roll back over and try to go back to sleep.
1: So the next morning, the kind of perpetual bartender here, apparently making some breakfast. You can smell bacon from across the room. There's a little potbelly stove that he's frying some things up on, and the fire's kind of been stoked again. Zan has kind of been witnessing it because she takes that last watch, and
3: she's gonna be kind of at the bar watching watching this him cook. This kind of
1: scruffy guy, Peleus is his name. He's got dark dark eyes, dark hair, days worth of whiskers going on on his face, and he's clearly the biggest drinker among all of them. But he's still the first one up. He's got some bacon going, and he throws in um, a few herbs and things like that, and then he has a little wooden case of straw, but there's a bunch of eggs inside it. So, you know, Zan, if you're watching you know, you go up to the bar kind of thing. He, he basically, he asks you how you want, how, how you'd like them done. Oh, uh,
3: sunny side up usually.
1: And he looks so kind of smiles at you and says, <laughs> Lightsider, cider. I could
3: see that in you. I hope not. I have to try to pretend not to be one today. Oh, uh, your high orc forger is making documents to make me a bounty hunter. Do you have the mask off right now, I'm assuming? Yeah. Gotcha.
1: He says the bounty hunters have been a little more common around here as of late, since this uh, traitor was said to have been on his way. And so I feel like that's probably a good way to go. There's a lot of bounty hunters around here. There are a lot of messes with an egg uh, that isn't yours. He kind of flips, flips mm-hmm. one over as yours, yours are starting to cook. He just, just cracked them. I think you got a pretty good bluff going on there. This is the time. Good call. Kind of nods and smiles
3: to him slightly, but doesn't really say much else to that. All right, uh, so she'll, yeah, she'll just kind of nod and smile to him and keep watching the cooking or looking through what she
1: has. He slides some bacon and eggs in front of you. He, his are done a little earlier, and he's kind of starts eating as he's working. But again, you know, the tricky thing here, too, is that you know that these are... You know, this is largely a smuggling ring. That's kind of what you discerned from them. They're charming people. They're Mm -hmm. not scoundrels. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. You really, you really, you kind of want to be like, okay, these are terrible people. But like, they're they're just doing their thing. They're again, they've been at this point very generous with you. They're just feeding you, throwing drinks at you.
3: No, and because of that, Zan's not like busting their chops or trying to be difficult by any means. She's just letting them be and keeping an eye out for. If the shoe drops, if they decide to turn, she sure. seems to be kind of constantly ready for that in sure. whatever way she can be and- constantly keeping an eye out on all the exits and seeing if anybody's moving around or mm-hmm. any of that.
1: And you notice the high orcs too, that couple, Dinner and sagatha are sleeping on the far end of the room, kind of on sort of the, probably the northwest side of the room, kind of beside the hearth. And they're just cu- kind of cuddled up in a bear rug. And they certainly are, don't seem to be worrying about you guys. Like they're yeah. willing to just sleep right there next to you. She'll
3: so just make small talk with him, just how long he's worked there and how he knows everybody, that sort of thing.
1: Sure. Oh uh, Yeah, you know, he kind of tells you that he... He grew up with Cody. The general story that you get is that Cody was nobility, in a sense, you know, the Woods End's version of, the, of nobility, mm-hmm. um, but he just never quite liked that. And so he spent a lot of time on the Woods End side. He found ways to kind of find his way over here rather than worrying about Phineas Ligum. And he, he does allude a little bit too that Lucius, as he calls Merc, he spent a lot of time on that side too. And so these two sort of butted heads in a sense, because although Cody was always the black sheep and Merc, maybe maybe wasn't exactly that. He might have become that, but like that wasn't always the case. They were a little bit in Peleus's opinion anyway. He feels like they're like souls, which is why maybe they butt, butted heads a little bit, a little too similar.
3: Was there any specific action that caused them to create this anger between them?
1: Since I don't know if I'd call it an anger necessarily, a little bit more of a rivalry. All right. Cody sort of stepped away from his, his heritage in a sense, and Lucius tried to hold on while he could.
3: It took him a long time to even tell us he was royalty.
1: Well, seeing as how the whole town's calling him the traitor all near, I don't blame him. I don't either.
3: But it's good to know that he, at least at one time,
1: cared about his family name. I think that Cody, he kind of looks around to make sure nobody else is listening. Sure. I, I think that... Uh, I think that Cody's had a respect for just. I think it's kinda of why we are where we are now. Are we actually safe here? Kinda of looks around and says, It seems like a safe place to me. Do you trust all of these people not to turn him in? He says under under normal circumstances I would say that you should be concerned about such things. It's not you know, we uh we're we're aware of what's going on in the world, right? Like we pay attention to such things and in fact, I'm. I don't want to make you paranoid, but like, I recognize that you're. You have kin that are also has a he, cost on his head or price on his head. We're pretty comfortable here. We we have our own sense of honor, our own code, and if somebody does this right, we're not going to do anything to sour that. If that makes sense. She thinks a
3: moment, kind of looks around. We've made it through this night, so. I've been relying pretty heavily on that sense of honor for our safety right now. Sometimes the answers are in the lowest places. She smiles at that quite a bit. Much like Lucius, I also enjoyed escaping to the lower areas and seeing how the other side lived. I always Prince found that very exciting.
1: Prince Olm, right? Yes. Yeah, I can hear you.
3: I thought my accent was getting better. What has been the word of my kin? Has there been any news of him?
1: I just know there's a price on...
3: The picture on the poster isn't quite accurate, but it's close enough, I suppose.
1: Can't imagine that this would be the place that he'd come. You're, you you might have noticed, uh, although we have some some like you around, it's a little bit less common. Was he coming from Lucidum? That's where he was when I last saw him. My money's on
3: Holm. That's where he would know the most people, other than Lucidum. I've spoken to him momentarily, through magical means, of course, but... He made it sound as if he were safe, but I don't know if I trust what he said.
1: Well, anybody that's able to communicate magically like that probably can hold his own.
3: I never really thought of him as much of a survivalist, to be honest. He's more of a politician.
1: Well, they have their ways, don't they? I suppose so.
3: I hope so. She's going to sourly kind of eat her food off
1: of that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I was. I was just like, this is where he kind of slides these eggs in front of me, you. Know? Yeah. Bacon's very crisp. Like He's cooked the bacon lo- much longer than he cooked the eggs. Eggs have a little bit of a, you know, still softness to them. Sure. Uh,
3: she'll pull out a platinum and place it on the bar.
1: Kind of pushes it back at you. you. You just keep doing what you're doing. We'll be solid.
3: You really want those whiskey barrels, don't you?
1: Kind of thinks it over and he says, I want Cody to get what he wants.
3: I'm starting to get the sense I want that same thing, but I'm no thief either. We prefer Smuggler. It's got a little more romance. Romantic as it may be, I don't believe I'm that either. Our mission here is beyond important. I, I don't feel like I can be distracted from freeing this city from that influence. Do you understand?
1: He kind of squints his eyes, and you're not sure if he does, you know, and he, he says, um, you know, I'm, I'm just lackey around here, but my understanding is that there's a charismatic leader in charge. As always. I don't know exactly what his intentions are politician or bishop after another has come through in my time and you know you get the impression this guy he's sure. somewhere between 40 and 50 he's not a young young guy necessarily sure. and he says as long as we can keep pouring our drinks filling our pockets i mean what can i say about that
3: i hope you'll be able to do that if he's able to run amok i don't know if he would stop you or co-opt you into his schemes or uh as far as I understand, he's going to destroy a lot of civilization as we know it. Something is rotten in the city of Wood's End, and we're here to try to cleanse
1: it the best we can. That definitely gets his attention, right? Like, he kind of mm-hmm. looks at you sideways, destroy civilization. You heard the song, didn't you? The the Night's Day thing? She just nods. The bishop's involved?
3: <laughs> she slow nods. <laughs> 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 While eating,
1: like she's <laughs> got a mouthful of eggs, and just like, mm-hmm. <laughs> he doesn't really know what to say exactly. He just sort of looks down for a minute. You know, he's he's pondering that. How do you think the city will react if something like that happened here? Well, this city's made of wood.
3: We'd burn. So it's probably best if I, you know, keep my eye on my objective.
1: Don't you think? I would imagine so.
3: I'm glad we have an understanding. She'll put the platinum
1: and slide it still back towards him. For now, he kind of lets it sit. All right. You know, a little bit of a grin and kind of goes about cleaning up behind him. And he's finished his, so he starts kind of dealing with with his dish. Yeah. Do you need help at all? No, thank you. Uh, go back to her, whatever she was doing. Sure, everybody so you're kind of waking up to bacon.
2: <laughs> mm, all right. <laughs> so I got to sit at the table. Do I notice a platinum piece just sitting there? It's on the bar. <laughs> at the bar. Oh, yeah, I'm at the table.
1: <laughs> so no. No platinum (laughs) meat in answer to your question.
2: And I, yeah, I guess I'm going to wait to get some food. See if anyone else wakes up.
3: Is Anne still at the bar? She's just got her kind of feet and boots up on another bar stool across from her. So she's kind of bridged across them and she's just reading.
2: Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. We'll walk up to the bar then.
1: (laughs) How do you take your eggs? Scrambled. Scrambled. It's funny, because yeah. as soon as that happens, he cracks an egg and just starts whipping this egg into the pan, right? That noise, like, pop, 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 pop back and yep. forth.
3: Excellent. He's, he's very chaotic, so of course that's the way he likes them. <laughs> and she's oh. not looking up, she's just reading the book.
2: So, what do you think about this upcoming stuff, Sam? Which part? I'm, I'm not sold on this bounty hunter thing, if we should be going around trapezing among these people that were, you know... Also trying to actively hide from...
3: My friend here thinks it's a great idea, don't you? And she'll yell back. <laughs> Sounds good to me. Mm-hmm. See?
2: You paid him to say that.
3: He hasn't taken the and, platinum yet.
2: Uh, I'll look at the platinum on the counter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know.
3: He's a local. I wouldn't question him.
2: <laughs> All right. I am planning on uh, relocating the possession of a few of those ke- uh, kegs if I get a chance.
3: You should. I think Cody deserves at least a little bit of a reward for housing us here and keeping us safe. Really? I didn't say I was doing it, but <laughs> he should be rewarded in any way you
2: see fit to do so. No. For me, it's more of a, we implied that we would do it. So I i think it's only what we should.
3: Oh, I've been well educated of the code of honor of your types.
2: Mm. Do, you think, do you think your brother will be on board?
3: I don't think he would steal anything either, but I don't think he would care if you stole something that wasn't his, that wasn't going to hurt anyone. Yeah. We have bigger fish to fry, as it were.
2: Yeah. Uh, it just seemed from last night that, like, these kegs, it's not... Sure, they may sell some for profit, but I think it's also a, you know, just reappropriating the, the haves to the have-nots.
3: I don't see any problem with that. Hmm. It's not like you're leaving the family destitute or anything. It's just... A few casks of a very expensive alcohol, right? Right. She just kind of shrugs and goes back to reading.
2: I wonder how much longer we're going to see these
3: other guys sleep. Well, some of them had a lot to drink last night. might take a little longer than usual.
0: I'll get up and head over <laughs> to <into> the bar. <laughs> in my defense, I was up the latest. Yeah. I
3: I had no problems with you all sleeping in. We're obviously safe here, so
2: take your time. I'm going to get my plate of eggs.
1: Yep, slides it in front of you. Uh, bacon on top.
2: Thank you. I'm gonna just place uh, a gold piece down and uh, take my plate over. I'm gonna sit over uh, over Lucan and just slowly eat my eggs while I wait for him to wake up. So, so I've got I'm doing talking. like the the creepy standing staring pose, but slowly <laughs> eating my plate of eggs
5: over well. Lucan while he's sleeping.
2: Yep. The
4: cuddling his sword and wakes up and is like, <laughs> what are you doing?
1: Little spittles of egg all on your bald head.
2: Yeah.
4: <laughs> oh, oh, Cole, get away. Get back.
2: Breakfast. And I like offer him like the half eaten plate. Give me
4: a moment. I, I'll get up. I'll get up. You got egg all over my sword.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'll uh, gently pat him on the top of his head. and Go back to the bar.
5: Hey, Hold, are you heading over to the, hey. uh, Floating Tribute?
2: Uh, I mean, I can. I was planning on going. Need to pick up a few things there.
3: Sure, we can go. I have to see how much diamond dust they have.
1: Pelias says if you are looking to leave, just take left.
3: Just like the way we came in?
0: Yeah. Alright? said left, right? Yeah, correct. Mm, bummer. Alright, let's do this.
3: <laughs> so once <laughs> everybody's get- ready, we can all go. Is everybody going to go
2: to this place? i'm curious
0: the two things i'm going to do for sure is i am going to make sure that the uh the sword the long sword the non-magical long sword i have is out of sight and then i'm going to make sure that i have one of the cloaks and it has like a very large hood so i can pull it very low
1: right yeah every, again remember there's a giant chest there of cloaks guys so you can mm-hmm. grab something if you want try to try to cover yourself up a little bit
3: zan will put her helmet on and then she will take her Lucite Longsword, put it in the satchel, and then she's going to pull out that plus one flail that she got from the Dragon Horde mm-hmm. and kind of hang hang it from the side of a belt a little bit if she can, and pull out the Relic of Amastasia and and wear it okay. so that she has a holy symbol if she needs it, but she's not going to outwardly display that she has a Lucite Longsword. Is that paperwork
1: done yet, or is it going to be later, do you think, Pelias? Yes. Oh. And he kind of looks over at Segeus, the, the Hierarch woman, and she's still sleeping, and he says, I think it's going to be later.
3: Yeah, we'll just come back. That's fine. Don't,
1: don't, don't bother them. All right, thank you. And we got a long rest, right? Yes. Yep, yep. New morning. This is Aluminum 11. All right, we'll roll out to this tower. Hold. you do notice on the way out, you're, you know, you're taking these left turns, and there is a point where you can clearly see that there's some sort of trap door. And you're pretty certain that trapdoor wasn't there before, but you see something on the floor that doesn't seem proper. It, does, it doesn't mesh with the rest of the floor.
2: Hmm. I, I'll look around. Is, does anybody else see this?
1: Once you point it out, they do. There's a little bit of a difference in the stone. And so if you kind of investigate it, you can see that there's something there, like, you know, a, some sort of trap or something to that extent.
2: Well, I, ha- I have to know now. I'm sorry, guys. No, don't. Uh, I, I'm going to go, like, just, start, like, inspecting the crap out of this. And Is it a door? Is it a trap? I, I need to know.
1: Roll your investigation.
2: Uh, dirty 20.
1: You're pretty certain that if you stepped on this, you would fall. Like, it's going to fall. It's going to break away.
2: Hey, Relap, come here. What's going on? No, 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 no. It's fine. Don't <laughs> worry about it. Don't, don't step here. Don't, don't step here.
5: Don't. Don't step there. Great. Okay. <laughs>
3: And is that to the right? Is that weird floor to the right of one of the things?
1: Um, it's right in the middle of where you're walking. And again, you know that you know there's something wonky about the way you went in, right? Because you took way too many left turns. Sure. And now you're taking all these left turns again. And now you've walked into a place where there's there is a, a apparently some sort of pit. You know, some sort of trap that like might you might fall into, or at the very least a trap door, right? Holg uh, happens to have a pretty high passive perception and so it would be it's just weird right like there's no reason like you would have walked into this before the, the question is was it there bef- was it even there before hmm. so do we have room
3: to hop over it or to get to the other side
1: or walk around it yeah now that you're there you probably could just hop over if you need to
2: it's weird that they didn't warn us of any possible traps
1: all
3: right do you think this is not an actual trap
2: uh, I know that if you were to put weight on it, you'd probably go through it.
0: So this is easy. I walk up next to it and kick down on it so it shatters underneath the weight, but don't actually put my weight on it so that I would fall. Bricks sort of fall apart and fall into the space.
1: You hear them hit below, and there's a little bit of a light coming from below. How
0: far down is it? Probably about 50 feet.
3: I mean, we can we could throw Tucker down there, I suppose.
0: Wait, do we even have that squirrel anymore? I haven't seen him in a while.
5: Yeah, he's still here. Do he you want to
3: yeah, have him or look through his eyes and see if you can see
1: where it goes?
5: I'll go ahead and send him scampering down. Is it, I mean, are sheer walls or?
1: No, he, he, he could climb down. There's, it's, you know, okay. stones. Okay.
5: Yeah, I'll just send him down to take a look at it.
1: So he comes down and, you know, you're walking, you're looking through his eyes and kind of scampers. He kind of jumps back and forth. And so you're kind of used to that with him and gets down to a spot where suddenly, you know, it's just darkness, darkness, darkness. It's just this sort of shifting image. And then suddenly gets to a point where there's a face. It kind of stalls you for a second. And then you realize that it's kind of a stone face, a little bit like the one that you guys saw when you came in before. You know, you had this animated stone face that asked for the token, and it looks very elven. It's very sort of angled and, you know, lean. And there's a stone face sticking out of the wall. The light seems to come from a couple of sort of bright stones in the wall, a little bit like a drift globe, but they're like, you know sort of stuck in the wall in a sense. So there's a few a few different lights down here. And as he turns over, there's a whole row of faces along the walls on both sides.
5: Okay, I'm gonna go ahead and bamf them back up to me and tell everyone the kind of what I saw. I don't see the purpose of it. We're just trying to get out of here, right?
3: Right, we're just yeah. trying to get back to the Wait, street.
5: Can we move around it and take the yeah. next left?
3: Yeah, we can just hop over. It's fine. We'll just ask sure. about it when we come back.
2: Yeah. All right.
1: So we'll just hop over it keep going. Again, you keep taking lefts. There's a few places where you have an option, but they, you, know, you kind of say, okay, they said keep taking lefts. Before you know it, you end up in the cellar of the watery mink, kind of walking through this illusionary wall. Okay. And you come up and Logan's there. Kind of startle him for a second. And he says, oh, well, you made it out. Welcome back. Thank you. And he kind of looks at uh, Merc specifically and he says, "Everything, everything good down there? Well, nobody's dead, if that's what you mean. So everything's good down there. I like it. Did you have breakfast
3: already? We did. We have to run a few errands, but we'll be back.
4: We'll be here. Do we want to turn Merck into a mouse again?
0: I would rather not do that again. How about a cat? You want to be a cat? Uh... Exactly, how is that an upgrade?
4: Yeah, I don't think you want to show your face. That's
3: what the hood's for. It's either that or you don't come onto the streets with us right now until you need to. Do you have anything you need from this magic shop we're going to? No, I suppose I don't. Just a matter of risk, I suppose. It's, it's your choice.
4: Can you change his disguise?
5: Um, other than turning him into a creature, I really can't.
4: Just concerned if anybody sees a scar on your...
0: Oh, I got this after I left.
4: Oh. But what about the wanted posters? What are is, they, is the
0: do they? How do they show
1: you?
4: Yeah. How is the scar on the wanted posters?
1: Actually, no. The scar doesn't really seem to be on those posters.
4: Okay. Is his hair long too?
1: Um, It is longer than it is now, it but not like when the- you first met him.
4: Okay. Does he have a beard on the wanted poster?
0: Uh-uh. It's up to you. I think I just keep the hood low and try not to talk to people too much. We'll be all right. All right. Have you been shaven, by the way, Merc? Like,
1: it's been a long time since that barber time. Like, have you kept yourself shaven, or are we we bearding
0: it up at this point? I mean, the weather's been getting colder. I imagine the shaving probably ceased a little bit. So a little bit more on the shaggy side right now?
3: Yeah. All right, just keep your head down. Try not to converse with anybody. Try not to look anybody in the eye.
2: And if you do make eye contact, be sure to assert dominance. (laughs)
1: Always. Make our way out of the streets. All right. It is very seriously autumn at this point, but it's a relatively nice day. Maybe mid-50s. You know, a little bit of a breast, but everybody's wearing a cloak of some sort. World has started to move around you. This is a pretty prolific city. They get out there and they work. There's a work ethic here, and you can feel that among them. The mills are turning, and people are just sort of moving around and getting their work done. They tell you to look for the largest tower, and it's really not hard to find, in fact, because most buildings are sort of a single story in this area. Westwall is the district, Merck tells you. There's one tower that actually, it probably has about three levels to it. And so you move that direction, and as you get there, you see that there's kind of a spiraling staircase that goes around the tower but it's largely in disrepair but there's a pigeon that is sitting on one of the steps on that staircase and it kind of looks down at you as you approach it actually sort of moves in some weird ways and this is the kind of the weirdest thing that you've seen hold because you recognize that the pigeon is doing thieves can't it has a way of sort of showing these signs. It's just sort of letting itself known to you.
2: Okay, is it following us as we go along?
1: No, it's just looking down at you. Like it's sitting, it's perched on the stairwell, uh, which seems to be sort of in disrepair. But it kind of gives you this little, like it's almost like just like a flag, right? Like it puts up a flag to say, like, like I can understand you if you're interested.
2: Um, I'll nod towards it. Nods back. Um. What does
0: the pigeon want?
2: It's just a bird.
0: No, it's not. These stairs look terrible. I don't even think we can go up one at a time in these. Uh, That's, uh, Colret. It's the name of that bird? Do your thing with it and it should respawn. Thing? Yeah, the thief's thing with the hands. You don't think I don't know about it?
2: Yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. Let's go to this tower.
0: (laughs) Oh, whatever. This is the tower. We're
3: we're trying to get into it. This is where this bird is, right? Yeah. Tower?
0: Hulk should be able to talk to the bird. He just is being stubborn. You can talk to birds? Uh,
2: Apparently, I'll do some Thieves' Cant going greeting. Uh, We would like to gain entrance.
1: In Thieves' Cant, he replies and says, Just walk the stairs. Assume that they're solid.
2: All right, I'll give it a shot. Yeah, he says the stairs are safe, so I'll give it a shot. I'll just start walking up them.
1: So everybody sees Holg just start walking up these, and literally you see, it, it looks like he's walking on thin air in a few spots because these these things are not entirely there, you know, it must be illusionary because he just walks up these stairs like they're normal, they seem to be solid as heck, and he works his way up, walks up to the third floor, there's a doorway up there, and he lets himself in.
3: And he'll just shrug and follow
1: suit takes a little bit of faith, and everybody walks into this place.
3: So, yeah, well, I'm assuming we'll all make our way up through with faith in these crazy stairs?
1: So, you step into this place. It is full of different herbs and, you know, flowers and things like that. It's very perfumey when you walk into the place. This sort of short man with a cloak and, you know, peasant's clothes, but he's got this, this cloak that's sort of larger than he is, kind of drapes on the floor, And he says, Welcome to the Floating Tribute. You have been sent by others. Our
3: friend Cody sends his regards.
1: And what would you be looking for?
3: Personally, I'm looking for gemstone dust. Hmm. Do you have that available?
2: What,
1: What kind of gems would you be looking for?
3: Whatever you have available. Mostly diamonds, but any
1: kind that you have would be helpful. I do have some. You're a caster of sorts. I need the components. I have some diamond, some emerald, some ruby. What's your pleasure?
3: How much diamond do you have?
1: He walks over, and you know, this place is just full of sort of, it looks like largely of dried um, dried herbs and flowers. And then there's a lot of like sticks of incense and things like that. And then he's got a counter in which he's got some boxes. And he's apparently got some things hidden behind the counter. And he says, um, let me look. And he pulls out a case and he kind of looks through. And he says, I do have some diamond. Diamond dust is... And he kind of runs through the price and that. And the the gist of it is that he's got a good 1,200 gold worth of diamond dust.
3: 1,200? Mm-hmm. Okay. I will take uh, 500 gold worth of that
1: and 50 gold worth of the ruby. Okay. Fair enough. Kind of goes through and apparently he has to sort of like, sort of has to move it over to a bottle and like uh, a vial and like stopper it and then hands it over all right, she'll pay. pay the cost. What else could I be helping you with it t- today?
5: Do you have any just regular diamonds?
1: Um, most of what I have is dust, but I might have a few actual gems. Um, and he kind of runs through and he has, as far as diamonds go, he has a couple that are worth about a thousand each. So he's got two of those. And then he has several that are worth less, you know, but he, um, the, the biggest he has underneath that are about 500 a piece. Probably has about six of those.
5: I've got a uh, fire opal that's worth a thousand gold. Would you be interested in a trade?
1: Fire opal that's worth a thousand for a diamond worth a thousand? Yeah. He kind of takes it and he kind of looks closely at one, kinda holds it to his eye. He says deal and he trades it out.
5: Thank you. Also, uh, a friend of mine, Renwell, said that he might have a package arriving shortly.
1: Oh, Oh, you are looking for scrolls. I am. Hmm. I hope you brought some gold.
5: I have a few. Uh,
1: it'll take a little more than a few. Um, you mentioned I something have,
5: about a sanctum.
1: I do have a sanctum, and I have a Dispel Magic, and I have a Misty Step, and I have a Finder's Fee.
5: would be surprised if you didn't. What those around there?
1: If you're interested in all three, it would cost you 5,300 papples. Gold pieces. Okay. Hands okay. it to you in a... Sort of wrapped in cloth, you know, it's sort of one big package that he that he hands, this uh, tied in twine. But it's three scrolls, and they're all, you know, you can take a look at them before you go, and they're all legit. Okay. It was the sanctum that was expensive. The other two weren't that bad. Oh yeah,
5: yeah.
3: Once you hit I fourth
1: level, clear. they 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 ask a
5: price. Start, yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. Anything else of interest, value here? My my bread and butter is potions please understand that I'm not looking to misuse the light bearers rules or anything like that I just I just I do want to make a living and um, sort of blathers on a little bit about it sure but he says potions are my bread and butter I am an herbalist by trade I do have a handful of potions if if you are interested in such things I also do have a few odd items that come into my possession so he runs through a couple of things he has something called a smoke ladder vial, which effectively creates like a, a ladder temporarily out of smoke that you can climb, and then it dissipates. He does have a third-level scroll for gaseous form. How much does he want for that? Uh, he wants three hundred for that. Done.
2: Okay. Hogo uh, will actually be interested in uh, healing, or interested in a healing potion and the smoke ladder potion.
1: Okay. Regular healing potions are. 50 gold okay he has multiples, so if you want a few let him know but if you're just buying the one
2: i just buying one
1: okay the smoke ladder potion 60 gold okay. he does have more than one of those too, so if you want a couple of those just let him know
2: i'll take two of them
1: okay the way it works is you it's actually called a smoke ladder vial throw it on the floor cr- you know sort of creates this ladder sort of where you throw it and then once you climb it it pretty much dissipates Okay. And it'll go up to uh, up to 20 feet. Okay. Once people start throwing money at him, he po- points out, like, I do have a bowl that helps command water elementals. And he kind of looks around because he's we're looking at, it, like, 8,000 gold for what he's got. But he basically has a bowl of commanding water elementals. And then he also has, he calls it the Fang Driver Bag. And basically this bag, it's a bag of tricks. Um, and that's 1,400 gold. It does, he says, you need to feed the bag once a week with something living. So it's a little bit distasteful in his mind, but it works. Yikes. Okay. can't think of too much else that I need here other than the dust, but... You know, if there are other reagents that you need, let me see if I have them. You know, we'll sort of look around. The Arkwright is very skilled, but you have to have a purpose for being there. And he kinda of looks around at you and he kinda of says, I don't think you necessarily have a reason to be there. Mm-hmm.
3: Sure. Uh do you have the incense for casting uh, legend lore?
1: You know, tell me how many you want to get. He's got a handful of them. Yeah,
3: so. the, the Ivy strips don't consume, just the incense
1: does. I, so I kinda of, I made a rule that like if oh. something consumes, everything consumes.
3: Oh okay, cool. Then I need to get two more castings of it, whatever the cost yeah. is for that. Two of those? Yeah. Uh incense worth two fifty which the spell consumes and four ivory stir- strips worth five hundred each, so it's going to be four fifty twice, so nine hundred.
1: Anything else? That pigeon, by the way, has come in and sort of checking you out from the rafters.
5: I think I'm good. It's still pretty early in the morning, yeah. Oh yeah. Okay, I'm gonna head uh, back to the watery make as possible so I can start working on the spell magic. I think
1: we party. all are. So he heads back to the bar.
0: Um, when we get to the base of the tower, I'm gonna say. It's a little ways from here, but if somebody could go we'd go there and see if we're about purchasing a great helm for me
3: for tonight. All right. Do you want us to buy it for you? You should go back to the bar.
0: Yeah, I can do that.
3: All right. We can get it for you.
0: I'll go a free lot back to the bar after giving him directions to get to the honest face. All right. Anyone coming with me?
4: Uh, Yeah, I'll tag along. Yeah, Lucan will go with you. All right. Let's go.
1: So you kind of leave the district and walk, and walk into what's called the Woods End District woods and market and in this space you know there's certainly market in the in the west wall district too but this one is clearly a market there's no other buildings doing different things this this is where a lot of the economics happens here in town um, and next to a place called the hangsman H- hangman's hog which is a meat shop um there is a place called the honest face this forge and weapon shop has lots of different items hanging it's not just swords which you're used to in kind of lucidum many lucidum places but there's a lot of spears there are some maces and javelins and things like that and a lot of different armor hanging around the proprietor as you walk in says well hello what can i do for you today in the honest face
4: Hello, good sir. I am looking for a great helm. Hmm. Something with a
1: movable visor? Yeah,
4: that'd be fine. But I want this beautiful face protected completely. Oh,
1: well. I, I mean, no doubt, no doubt. His wife kind of walks out from the back. She's kind of got red hair. It's kind of braided up top and down the back. Uh, something like this. And she kind of walks over and points out this... Basket helm that has a little bit of a flare to it on the top and then visor that sort of hinges itself up
4: and kind of locks in on top Does it look like it covers almost an entire face? Oh, if the visor's down, yeah. Yep. All right. How much he, would you like for this?
2: He, he got it a little bit bigger for when his hair grows back <laughs>
4: uh, This is one we have
1: like that at this point the husband says uh,
4: 50 old sounds like a deal. Here's 50. thank thank you you very
3: much what other weapons do you have behind the mask she's saying that
1: aren't you a brooding fellow they have a wide variety of weapons here uh the only items that they have that are that are you know sort of of note is that they have a dwarven thrower this Mm. sort of dwarven mace you know that you throw this hammer they call it due diligence and they said that it came from somebody that had died in town here at one point, and they're sort of waiting to, to sell. They say it's it's very expensive, and they're not even like worrying too much about whether or not you'd be interested. but they, they're very proud of this item. It's something that they happy to have sort of here for the time being. They do also have a handful of arrows. You might you notice as you go through that, that you know, you've sort of gone through a few different towns. And so you when you went through, lucidum clearly swords were the thing right you went to mm-hmm. fire's heart guns were the thing you went to rotman and crossbows were kind of the the thing that's that's sort of their go to there and here it is bows so they don't they this specific shop doesn't have a bow to show but the arrows seem to be common in a lot of ways and so they do have plus one arrows for sale here they they kind of treat them like it's no big deal like it's you kind of get the impression that if you wanted some plus some plus one arrows, they'd probably be all around town if you needed them. I mean, they're obviously clearly not telling you that because they'd prefer you buying from them, but that's kind of the attitude that they have towards it. Like, if you want some plus one arrows,
3: here we are. So just kind of look around a little bit, nod to them, and then turn to the other two.
4: Are we done here? Do they have any masks?
1: Uh, they have a couple other uh, helmets that could be used as masks, you know, that, that covered them up. They actually do have one that's a little bit stylized, like the one that Zan's wearing, where it's got a little bit of a human face to it.
4: Um, what's the other one look like? It's
1: a basket helm where it's got two slits for eyes, but it doesn't actually open.
4: Uh, how much would you want for this helmet as well? Referring for the to basket that one. Yep. 35 gold. All right. I'll take that as well. Thank you. Thank you. Make a way out.
2: <laughs> yeah. I'll just follow along. All right.
1: Walking through town, and there's, you know, again, it's a pretty busy town. These benches and carvings that I mentioned last time are everywhere. You know, it's a brisk day, but it's a it's a sunny day. And you make your way back to the watery minx, you know, get back to, to Merc
0: and Relapse sitting there.
4: Lucan walks up with both helmets, and he says, Merc, which one you
0: want? Which one? Uh, It's a little bit darker in color and matches the armor a little bit. Get real fancy here. I love it.
4: Visor, no visor.
0: No visor. The, the, they don't the, need to see the okay. basket. The the no basket. Yeah. Here you go. How much do I, oh yeah. Nothing. Don't worry about it. You're a little too generous some days. Yeah, he does that. Speaking
3: of which, hand me your torch.
0: Um, uh, I'll dig out the old continual flame torch. I'm sure it's been put away. There you go. She'll so sit down on a chair and kinda of put it in
3: between, you know, her legs down by her feet and kinda of hold it there for a moment. Reach in, pull in grab the ruby dust, sprinkle it on the top of it say a quick little prayer thing and it'll burst into regular uh flame which is unusual for zan because her flames Mm
0: -hmm. are usually white
3: and she'll pass it back to you
0: thank you zan Mm -hmm. uh do you want me to repay you for the ruby dust no thank you very much Uh, this means a great deal to me
3: i know it does i've been unable to get ruby dust for a long time so i took so long so she'll just kind of you know shake her head walk away across the room comforting gesture anyway so
4: what's next Wait for this party, right?
3: Well, I need to know if this uh, forgery is going to be accurate. Guess
2: we won't know until you try to cross the bridge, though, won't we? Is the
3: High Orc Lady
1: around? Yeah. Yeah, when you come back, she's actually working on it, and dinner is sitting there having his own lunch. (laughs) So everybody meets up again in the watery mink. Logan sets you up with some drinks. They're not as good as they are down below, but he sets you up. Doesn't actually charge you, in fact, and you are sitting in this nautical themed bar.
2: Uh Hulk is going to walk up to the bartender. Hey, when we were down below, what's what's with the trap with the, the elfin elven face?
1: Elven face? Yeah. You saw elven faces?
2: Yeah, you know, down in down in the pit trap?
1: In the stone?
2: Uh yeah, that's why I'm asking about it.
1: He turns to the patron at the bar, the, it says, they saw the elven faces.
3: Thank you for listening to this episode of D4 on the floor. Please check out our D4 on the floor website at d4onthefloor.com the letter D, the number four on the floor.com for more
0: great gaming content.
2: I was doubling down on bright eyes because I just wanted to say turn around. Oh, yeah, <laughs> the...
0: uh, my character has gone keto in honor of me going keto, so just kidding. Ooh, no, that's great. Ooh, let's find out.
1: <laughs> I was I really out. excited, Lance, to find out <laughs> what the bounty hunter's name was going to be, and I mm-hmm. love Onyx
2: cats and dogs living together. Pure are all going crazy
1: <laughs> my love for boy bands is coming out in my mm-hmm. voice
3: tell me why
0: nobody okay sorry buddy no chips it was actually a bunch of fart jokes don't worry about it waking up at the bacon
3: <laughs> bye
0: everybody <laughs>